if you didn't know this through um, whether it's our social media or people have been telling you, like, this is our business meeting. And so some of the times we always fear like telling people, because if you'd been to a church before and they hear business meeting, it's like, I am not coming. It's like the, the boringest Sunday uh, that you could ever come from. But for any 501, 3C, uh, you know, non-for-profit, you have to have a business meeting, right? And so we, from the beginning, said, but we would like to do a business meeting that's more about the celebration of where we've been and then the challenge of where we want to go. Uh, we want to celebrate those things. We want to talk about, like, this is where we saw God move. But we also want to say, like, this is where we want to go uh, in the future. But one of the things that, that for the business meeting, whether you're online or whether you're here in person, the other thing that it gives you an opportunity to do is so our elders will be in conference room C. So if you've never met our elders before, or if you felt like, you know, I've been coming for a while, but I got questions, you know, I'd like to know, you know, what's going on a little bit deeper. Like, we have a Discover Life class that you can come to, but if you want to just sit down with the elders, get to know them, ask them any questions, they'll be in conference room C uh, in between services, so you can stop in and be able to talk to them. Also, if you're online, they will also have a computer there uh, that if you want to ask questions, you can just get in the chat and you can go in there and be able to uh, 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 ask questions online uh, and be able to communicate with them that way. So we encourage it. We'd love for you to, uh, to be able to do that. We're an open book when it comes to money. Like it's, you'll, you'll see uh, they'll have the budget available and the things that, that we're doing available. You can ask questions about that and who we are and they'll do the best they can to answer every question you have. And if they can't, then they'll get you set up so that you, we can uh, be able to answer those questions. So one of the things that we've done in uh, every single year is an annual report. We've done this for a really long time. I love the annual report because it gives us a chance to go back and reflect and think about like all of the things that happened in 2023 uh, and, and be able to process it. But we used to do it in hard copy, um, you know, and so you'd get a hard copy, we'd mail it out to you, and it was like, seriously expensive, you know, to be able to send out. As the church grew, you know, it became very expensive to be able to do it. Um, and so as we were processing that, uh, we got together and said, well, what would it look like to just do a video? You know, a video that, that you could have, that you could watch, that you could share with other people, an opportunity uh, to be able to, to celebrate with us, uh, and then obviously be able to uh, look into the things that we're doing in the future. So if you haven't seen it, it was emailed uh, to most people that are on our, our database, uh, and we emailed it to you. It was out on social media, but we wanted to, together as a church, be able to celebrate uh, the annual report together. So we're going to take an opportunity, we're going to watch this video, and then I'm going to come back up, talk a little bit about where we were, where we want to be able to go in the future, and the kind of the things that we're reflecting on. So let's take an opportunity to watch this video together. Hey, Life Church, can you believe it? We're at the end of another year, 2023. It's been such an amazing year, but before we go into that, I want to reflect back a little bit on what we talked about at the end of 2022. The end of 2022 just felt like God saying, you know, Satan had got into some places that he shouldn't. Satan had taken some ground uh, that he shouldn't, not only in the, the church, but also just in my own personal life. And so I said, we could go into 2023 and with this idea, we are gonna take ground back, ground that doesn't belong to Satan, ground that maybe we as a church had lost. And we're just gonna trust God that as he equips us, that we're gonna move forward and watch what he has, uh, will do. And so 
2023 is, uh, went way beyond, like scripture says, anything you could have ever asked for or imagined. The number of people that we've seen come, the number of people that we've seen baptized, the number of children that we've seen come and get discipled. Like God has done way more than we could ever ask for or imagine. And we're super excited about what's to come in 2024. Life Church took back ground and 2023 gave us so much to celebrate. We equip people to take back their lives, their families, and to think of others more than themselves. Let's start with the best part of 2023, baptism. 96 people were baptized during two Sunday services and at the Running with Christ event. Three of those were baristas from the Cafe of Hope, 10 children from Life Kids, 13 life student middle schoolers, four life student high schoolers, and 69 adults. Our Sunday services are guest friendly as we know you are inviting your friends and family to join you. Walking into a new building can be challenging and we want the people you are inviting to be comfortable from the moment they pull into the parking lot until they leave. 2023 brought us over 379 new here guests into our building on a Sunday morning. Our Sunday services are averaging 581 attenders between both services. Fun fact, the donuts that are purchased for Coffee Plus Donuts have increased from eight dozen donuts at the beginning of the year to 20 dozen now. In 2020, we started our Life Online Campus and have 8,145 unique logins. We are in 10 countries at all 50 states. There have been 81 new unique logins this year. Life Kids have 135 kids each week and Life Students Middle School, 30 each week and growing. We believe that lives are changed and people grow in their faith when they get out of rows and into circles. Community with other believers is where that growth happens in the challenging seasons of life. There were four classes offered for Grow Night this fall, which consisted of marriage, parenting, fitness, and starting point. 120 adults attended these classes. Life groups meet throughout the year with 28 groups that had 265 adults participating. High school students have 11 life groups which are student-led that meet with 15 leaders helping to disciple them in navigating the challenges our students are facing today. Middle school students have three groups based on age and gender. They dig deep into the relationship with Jesus and their faith walk. We believe that helping our students reach their friends will change the world. Reaching our community for Jesus is another way that Life Church is taking back ground. The laundry ministry is one year old and averages 30 families that are helped each month with an annual cost of $9,600 to fund. You can give to Acts of Love towards this ministry. Our second annual prayer walk had 76 people at 16 schools in three counties praying for and walking around each school. We believe in praying over our schools to let Satan know that he is not going to win when it comes to our kids. VBS had 115 kids and 40 plus volunteers all learning about God's love, the life-changing message of Jesus, and how they fit into the ongoing story God is telling in the world, plus many other events running with Christ, and summer worship concert series, just to name a few. Our middle and high school students were challenged this year as each took a mission trip. 
15 high school students and 18 adults headed to Laurel Missions in Kentucky for a week to help a community with projects. 10 middle school students stayed right here in Huntington for three days and served local non-for-profits with projects they had. These experiences grew the faith of each student who participated and lives were changed forever. The Acts of Love account is for you to do relational ministry. We want you to be Jesus if your friends and family have a need that you are not able to help them with. In 2023, we had $11,462 donated and have helped 19 people by giving away $10,586.18 for help with electric bills, hotel rooms, car payments, rent, license plates, gas, and 13 people with gift cards for food. We also supported our church family, Breland Rich and her fight. Prayers were said, shirts were sold, and money donated towards them. Everyone has a past, trials, triumphs, and moments that have defined who they are. Through these stories, we get to showcase how Satan is not going to win and people are taking ground back and finding God. The Roundtable is our weekly podcast that shares the stories of people's lives. You can find the Roundtable podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast or you can watch on the Life Church YouTube channel and also find our Sunday messages. Life Church continues to look for new opportunities to build relationships with our community. We have two businesses for mission. The Cafe of Hope, which is a coffee shop, has a relaxed atmosphere where connections and relationships can happen. And Champs Academy, our workout facility, where you can grow spiritually, mentally, and physically. The Cafe of Hope gave away a total day sales to Harmony Home. It was over $1,600. Each month, the tips the cafe receives are donated to other non-for-profits in the community. A few of this year are Oak Hill Farms, Boys and Girls Club, Veterans Day 5K, and the Work Release Program. Catering jobs have increased, and sales for 2023 are over $191,000. We have increased sales by $15,000 from the last year. Champs Academy held an Amazing Grace workout competition where all the money raised goes to Cancer Services of Huntington County. 17 teams competed with over $1,500 raised and donated. So as you can see, so much has happened in 2023. God has been so good. But we don't want to just sit on that goodness. We want to trust uh, that God has even more. And as I'm looking into 2024, one of the things that God has continued to lay on my heart is this idea that we should organize an army, that he has sent a great wave of people, kids, leaders, all kinds of, of people. And it's our responsibility now to take those people, to get them on mission and to organize that army, to go out and continue to reach and to continue to teach and to continue to send out more people so we can see the kingdom of God move forward. So obviously, um, the longer that you've been here, the more that that's just like, oh my gosh, you know, uh, because if you go clear back to the beginning of where Life Church started, to the things that we're seeing even today, it's hard to imagine, right, that we could ever get uh, to some of these places, things that we prayed for for year after year after year uh, to be able to see uh, come true. So we'd love to be able to celebrate together. And again, don't forget, I'll remind you at the end, if you have any questions about our budget or what's happening at Life Church, the elders will be uh, in between services in conference room C. All right, so let's talk about moving forward in 2024. What does it look like? So every year um, I do this personally, and I always challenge us as a church to do this, is that I think 
The power of change comes through the power of reflection. So I think if you're ever gonna change anything, you gotta reflect upon things. Like, take an opportunity to reflect back on what has happened and decide, I'm going to keep doing that because it was helpful and it was good, or that was a bad idea and I need to change it. But one of the things that we know is that the power of reflection is only worthwhile if you're honest with yourself. Does that make sense? So you can reflect back and you can be like, you know what, um, looking at 2024, I don't think I've gained that much weight and I think I'm still in pretty good shape. Right? Like you can lie to yourself and then you can get on a scale, right? <laughs> or you can get on a treadmill or you can go out and try to do something and then you can figure out everything that you perceived because I don't even know that we think we're really lying to ourselves. Like I think we sometimes believe it. Like if you're like me, you have the, the two sets of clothes, right? So it's the, it's the set of clothes that it's like you're feeling pretty good about yourself and the set to cover things up. You know, like you just get into the bigger stuff. So it, you don't have to think so much about like it's, it's you know, I probably should change uh, some things. But this idea of reflection, you know, whether it's physical, whether it is taking an opportunity, you could say, I think my relationship with my wife is pretty good. And then you could ask her, right? Like, I don't know, like it might be, like there might be, but I think if you truly want to move forward in your relationship, you probably should evaluate and have an honest conversation where things were good and where things can truly get better. Hey, you could say, you know what, I think about uh, my relationship with my kids. I think my relationship with my kids are good. I think I'm you know, doing well, whether they're adult children or whether they're uh, kids that you still have in your home. And then you could ask them like, hey, how am I doing, right? Same concept, think about this spiritually. So uh, one of the things that, that I think all of us hope for, like all of us hope for this idea that uh, we raise our kids up, just like we were able to celebrate, like we hope that we raise our kids up and we hope that they understand Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and we assume that they have, but have you ever really asked them? Like, have you ever really, like, said, hey, where are you at on your spiritual journey? Because sometimes I think we get afraid to ask some of the hard questions. Is that true, not true? Like, to really say, I wanna know, maybe they are, and we know that they're saved, but how are you doing? Like, are you reading your Bible? Are you doing your devotions? Are you praying? Like, like, are you hearing from God? Like, some of the stuff that takes them to think, right, them to evaluate, and for them to be able to process it. And so, evaluation, the power of evaluation to give us the opportunity to change. And here's the thing that God kept laying on my heart for today's message. That is this idea of truly evaluating what I think has... Um, invaded the church a little bit. I think that in faith or in the church, we've allowed two things to mean the same, but they really don't. Like people will say, I'm a Christian, you know, and then they will talk about, and then there's this idea of, and I wanna be a disciple, right? Like I want, I'm a Christian and I'm working on being a disciple. And I wanna challenge you because the thing that, that, that I evaluate you know, every year is and the thing that I think we should evaluate every year is, is our walk with Christ, right? I don't, I don't think it's this opportunity to say, 
you know, am I saved this year? Am I not saved this year? But I do think it's important for you to evaluate your walk and evaluate your journey and see where those things are at. But there is a real reality that I don't want to miss. Scripture is very clear when it says this. What is the road that leads to destruction? And how many people are on that road? A bunch of people, right? Narrow is the road that leads to life. And how many people are on that road? Very few. I've always asked myself, how could that even be possible? How could it be possible so many people get deceived? Because that's what he's talking about. That's what happens, right? It's not that wide is this road that leads to destruction because people knew they were going to hell and chose it. Does that make sense? Like, I, I don't think there's, I think there's very few people that would say, you know what, I've really evaluated hell. I love the idea of my flesh burning. I love the idea of pain never going away. And I love the idea of being in complete isolation with the answer to all of my pain, just being at the outreach of my fingertips, but I can never reach it. That sounds like a great place to go. And I'm gonna choose it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think people do. I think here's the problem. I think that there are many people that have believed that they are okay and you're really not. That has to be it, right? Like that's not, a, that's not a condemnation, like that's not me pointing fingers at people saying you're saved or you're not saved or any of those things. I just think it's a reality. What other answer could you give to scripture when he says like this is really gonna happen, there's gonna be many people that are gonna be deceived. And so I think what I wanna be able to do today is talk about this. So what does it really look like? Like when, when God calls us, when, when Jesus calls us, because these are one and the same, if you are a Christian, you are a disciple. You don't get to be a Christian that is not a disciple. So anytime you read scripture and it says, this is the requirements for a disciple, you don't get to exclude yourself from that because you're the Christian sitting on the sidelines. Does that make sense? Like you can't exclude that because when you read it, this is the crazy thing. Like when you read what Jesus says to his disciples, like it's not easy. Like when you read what he says, like to be a disciple of mine, this is what it means. Right? And so what I don't want to do is I don't want to condemn. I don't want people walking out of here, you know, like, oh my gosh, you know, I feel like I'm not saved. But what I do want you to do is I do want you to evaluate what scripture says, and I want you to evaluate it with a very open heart. And then just like anything, if something needs to change, my suggestion is not to ignore it. Because someday all of the things that we ignore come back to bite us someday. Anybody, right? Like you can ignore your health for a while and then someday it catches up. You can ignore, you can ignore your wife for a while. Someday it catches up, right? Like you can ignore your kids for a while someday. Like all of that stuff that we just know isn't right but we choose to not do anything about it, that's all gonna catch back up. So, as we read this, so if you have a Bible, I want you to turn to Matthew 16. 
and we're gonna look at verses 24 through 27. So I'm gonna set it up a little bit for you. Uh, but this Jesus is saying, this is what it means. If you wanna be my disciple, this is what it means. Now, I wanna preface it by saying, before this, Jesus is having a conversation with his disciples. And here's what he says. Hey, who do people say that I am? This is before in Matthew 16. Who do people say that I am? This or this or this. And so Peter, right, says, I know who you are. You are Christ, the Messiah. And it's like, ding, 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 ding. Like, you got the right answer. And Jesus is super excited for Peter because Peter recognizes something that, that he would have never known that was given to him by God. Right, like you would only know that I am the true Messiah because somebody else gave you that information. Super excited about it. Well, then Jesus goes into this idea. Okay, so now let me tell you about what's gonna happen. Right, so Jesus is like, okay, I'm gonna go to Jerusalem, I'm gonna be punished, I'm gonna be crucified, you know, I'm gonna die on a cross, blah, 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 I'm gonna do this. And Peter's like, oh no, <laughs> that ain't gonna happen. Like, that is not the plan. The plan could never be for you, Jesus, to ever be hurt, ever be, you know, crucified, ever, you know, you're the king. Didn't we just say that? Didn't I just say, you're the Messiah, you're the Christ, you're the king. You said, I got the answer right. Now, all of a sudden, you're saying all these other things. And the way that Jesus responds to him, you know what he says? Get behind me, <laughs> Satan. Now, wasn't this the guy that just got the answer right? You see, the things that, that didn't click together with Peter are the things that are not clicked together with us. In your mind, you can understand things that Jesus is the Messiah, but what it means to be a follower, what it means to see it cost you, what it means, you can't comprehend that being a follower of Jesus Christ and this life make any sense and so you don't like it. And so this is what God's saying to him. This is what Jesus is saying to him. You know why you can't get this? Because you love the world way more than me. That's why you can't put it together. You know why you can't put this together? You know why you can't see the king going to the, to the cross? It's because that doesn't fit your idea of a good life. So this is a problem, right? I would say this is a problem today in Christianity. We can't put together being a follower of Jesus Christ might cost you everything. because it hasn't. <laughs> Nobody's waiting outside the door for you. But what he's trying to get at, this is what he's trying to get at with Peter and what he's trying to get at for you. We don't know, right? Like, like Peter doesn't know, you don't know. But in your heart, you can't love the world more than you love the Lord. You don't get that choice. You can't have feet in both places. Does that make sense? Like you can't want to live in the world and love Jesus. You can't want to be a Christian but not be a disciple. Like you can't do those things. That's what he's trying to say to you. He's trying to say to you, if you want to be my disciple, you better be ready for this is what it means. So this is what he says. So this is now um, Jesus is sitting around with his disciples. All, all of this happened and he's like, okay, let me tell you what it really means to be my disciple. Here's what he says that Jesus said to his disciples, this is verse 24, whoever wants to be my disciple, do you think, isn't it interesting, he says he's talking to his disciples, but then he's saying, if you wanna be my disciple, 
Like labels don't mean anything, right? Like you're my disciples, like I called you, but if you really wanna be my disciple, this is what it means. You have to do three things. You must deny themselves, you must take up your cross, and you must follow me. That's what he's saying, okay? So Peter, if you wanna get this right, church, if you wanna know what it means to be a Christian disciple, here's what he says. You have to deny yourself, not once in the time of your salvation, but daily. Anybody know that journey? Like you wake up every day and you have to be like, I wanna do, but I need to do. Right, like I know in my mind what it means to be a follower of Christ, but I have 5,000 other things to do. Nobody ever goes through that. You know what I'm saying, right? Like, I know that I should take time to go visit. I know that I should take time to do. I know that I should pray for. I know that I should read my Bible. I know I should do all these things. But, you see, every single day is you're going to have to deny yourself and choose to do what God has called you to do. That's what disciples do. Now, does it mean you're gonna do it with perfection? No, you're not gonna do it with perfection. In fact, you might have to deny yourself 10 times a day. Anybody? It's not just the one time, it's the next time and the next time and the next time and the next time. It's like, I know, you know, I know the right thing to do, I know the right thing to do, but I got this to do, but I need to be able to do. Like, you fight through this journey all the time, but it says you need to deny yourself. And then he goes into this, and he says, you know the other thing you need to do? You need to take up your cross. You take up your cross. Now, to us, that means, like, you just put it on a necklace, do you know what I mean? Do you just like, I'm on, this, on the team. Does it mean you wear the shirt? Does it mean you show up to the thing? This is what it meant to them. Do you know what a cross meant to them? The worst death possible. Crucifixion, dying of suffocation. That was the cross, right? The cross was the Roman government used to persecute Christian people for their belief, for them saying, I'm a disciple, right? It wasn't like, I just need to pick up, you know, the, the burden and do my devotions today, right? Just pick up the burden and read my Bible today or pick up the burden and come out into church because it's freezing butt cold this morning, right? Like, shoulder that cross, man. Get out into the elements, do you know what I'm saying, right? Like sometimes we think shoulder the cross or shoulder the things is just to make a little bit of a sacrifice. You know what shoulder the cross means? That you will make the ultimate sacrifice. Would you be willing to die for Jesus? Like I would love to say that I, you know what I mean? Like I would love to say if somebody put a gun to my head today, I'd be like, shoot me. Yeah? But what he's saying is this idea, you don't know that you're gonna be martyred. Let's hope you don't get martyred. <laughs> Let's hope that you don't get killed. But the question is, are you 
shouldering the cross. It's like a death march, right? It's not only a death march to self, but it's saying, you know, if it meant that I had to lose my life, I would lose my life. That's what he's saying. Pick up the cross means that I am willing, even to the point of death, to say, I'm a disciple. Because here's what you're gonna see, if you don't know this, when you put Christianity and discipleship together, it is gonna cost you something. It might not cost you your life, but it is gonna cost you something. And I have seen people retreat away from being a disciple of Christ because it costs too much. Right? I mean, I've seen people that are like, you know what, I, I made a decision and I started down this road and then it just roadblock after roadblock and cost after cost and heartache after heartache and problem after problem. And he's like, who signed me up for this crap? Way easier being selfish, doing your own thing, living for self, making yourself happy. True? Like it is way easier. It's way easier to think about how to make yourself happy than to sacrifice things that are gonna cost you something that in the lives of that, because you know when you insert yourself into the life of somebody else, not only do you have your hurts now, guess whose else hurts you have? Guess whose burdens you're carrying? It's now just not about your burdens. It's about the burdens of the people that you're praying for. It's about the burdens of the people you're on a journey with. You see what I mean? Like when you become a disciple and then you insert yourself into lives of other people, all of the sudden, not only is it might cost you something financially or time, but it costs you something in here. Because when you watch somebody suffering, you're not just walking away being like, oh, well, I can just disconnect myself from that. When you see somebody suffering or you see somebody hurting, you don't disconnect yourself from that. You take on and you walk with and you journey with those people that have those burdens. It's gonna pick up your cross. It's gonna cost you something. You know the next thing that he says, and you need to follow me. You know, there is no question throughout all of scripture that it says we need to be in tune with God through Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, to go where he asks us to go and to be where he asks us to be, to answer the call when he calls. There's just no doubt. Like, we're supposed to be following him around. We're supposed to be doing the things that he tells us to do. It makes way more sense to be where he is than try to create something where he is not. Right, that's what I've always said about the church. The thing that I've always said, you know the most important thing about the church you know the only thing sacred at Life Church? Like you might be mad because you have a program you love, like a thing that we do, and you're like, it's the best thing ever. Well, it's not sacred. You know, the only thing sacred at Life Church is Jesus Christ. It's the only thing sacred. We'll burn every program to the ground if it's not honoring God. Because the only thing that grows a church, you know the only thing that grows a church? It's not music and it's not preaching and it's not programs. You know the only thing that grows a church? God, period. He will honor it and build it, or he will tear it down. That's just the way that it works. So we're gonna try to do things that honor God. So we wanna just, that's why when people say, what's your five-year plan? <laughs> I don't know. I don't really know. 
Here's what I do know. If he tells us to do something, we're doing it. If he asks us to shift, we're shifting. If he asks us to move, we're moving. If he asks us to do, we're doing. Because I just believe this. It might sound like the craziest idea possible, but I wanna be where he is. I wanna know that what we're doing is honoring to him because that's the most important thing to each one of us. That's what fellowship really looks like. But then he gives us that. So if you wanna be a disciple, deny, pick up your cross, follow me. And then he kind of gives this sobering uh, piece here at the end where he says, verse 25, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. You know what he's saying? Like you can, you know, back to what we said in the beginning, you can fake it your entire life. Like you can proclaim Christianity your entire life, and I hope that it's true, but guess what? Someday judgment is coming, and you will all stand we will all stand in front of Jesus Christ and will be judged. There will be an unveiling of if you've, if we have just skated through, not truly looked at our hearts, not truly evaluated, that gets unveiled at some point. At some point, all of those things are brought to light when it comes to judgment. That's why I think it's important when Jesus is saying to his disciples at this time, now's the time to figure it out. Don't wait for when God comes back. Don't wait for when Jesus comes back. Evaluate yourself today. Are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? And if you are not, what are you gonna do? If you are, were, walking down these journeys, you know what, and you just got sidetracked because this happens, right? Like you are a true disciple, and then halfway through the year, you've been off the track. Anybody? No one else does that? Like you feel really good, and then all of a sudden you look back like, what have they been doing for the last couple of months? I got busy, things got weird, things happened, things changed. Now I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, get back here, right? Like that's what we need to do, but that's what he's trying to say. 2024, evaluate yourself spiritually. Ask yourself, where is your heart? Ask yourself, where is your journey? Ask yourself, are you denying yourself? Are you taking up your cross? Are you, you know, following him? And are we ready for the day that each one of us is gonna face someday? You know, are we ready for those things? Now I wanna end it with this because I wanna give you a, a perspective because sometimes that's hard to put together. So I wanna to talk to you about Paul. So if, if you got a Bible, go to Acts 20 uh, because I'd like to give you a picture of what this looks like. So Jesus is saying it to his disciples and so he's saying it to his disciples like, hey, this is what it really looks like. If you wanna be a disciple of mine and then Acts, this is always the thing. So if you're new to Bible, you always wanna read Acts. It's a great book because it was like, I saw Jesus raised from the dead and this is what I did. Acts of the apostles, right? Saw Jesus raised from the dead, this is how it affected my day-to-day -day living. So Paul, who we're gonna see now, you're gonna see live out this idea. So this is what he's gonna show us. What does it mean 
when you are a disciple, how does it actually play out in life? That's what I wanna look at here. So Acts 20, this is Paul, and obviously he's been saved uh, by Jesus, spent time with Jesus. He's out preaching the gospel, right? And so here's how he's living out this idea of what it means to be a disciple. Verse 22, here's the first thing that we see. Anybody that is a disciple of Jesus Christ feels this way, and now compelled by the Spirit. Remember when we were talking about what it looks like to follow? You know, before when it says you, one of the things you need to do is follow me, how do we know where to go? Like, do you ever really think about that? Like, how do I know? Like, how do I know what I'm supposed to be doing? Here's what he tells us. You know how you're gonna know? You're gonna be compelled by the Spirit, and the Spirit is going to compel you what to do, what to say, where to go, where to be, who to pray for, where to show up. You see, I think we live in a world where we are compelled way more by social media. Anybody? Like you're on there. Like I hear people say this all the time. Man, I was on TikTok and I watched this video and it compelled me to do. Or like even in talking to Ethan sometimes, like I watched YouTube and it gave me an idea. Any other young people? Like the idea might be the dumbest idea you've ever seen. But somebody on YouTube did it, right? Like somebody on YouTube did this thing, right? You know, went down this, and they will reenact it because they're compelled by somebody that gets them to do something that might even seem insane, right? But compelled, right? Or you might meet with somebody. You might be on a team. You might be with a group of people, and they inspire you, and they compel you. And we're like, yeah, I want to do that. And I, I would always ask the question, when was the last time you were compelled by the Spirit? When was the last time on your knees the Holy Spirit said do, and you're like, this might be the most insane idea ever? I'm doing it. You see, that seems foreign, doesn't it? I mean, be honest, right? Like, that seems foreign to think that I could be on my knees in my prayer time sitting there with God, and I've been compelled, and he tells me to do it. I'm like, really? This is what you really want me to do? This is who you want me to call? This is who you want me to pray for? This is whose house you want me to show up in? This is the things that you want me to say on a Sunday morning? That doesn't seem like that's gonna go over very well. Amen to anybody who's been compelled by the Spirit? Those things don't always go over the best, right? But he says, followers of Jesus Christ, you can be compelled by other things, but the most compelling thing in your life today should be the Spirit. As a believer in Jesus Christ, you should be compelled by the Spirit. Then he goes on and he says, and I'm going, this is what he's compelled to do, and I'm going to Jerusalem not knowing what will happen there. This is a key element of every single person's faith journey. You know what grows your faith? Being compelled by the Spirit to do things that you have no idea how they're gonna turn out. Does that make sense? Right? Like the idea, you know the greatest thing that God wants to do in your life today? You see, he could do anything, right? Snap of his fingers, like he could make anything happen. But you know what he's trying to do? To grow your faith. He wants to compel you to do things where you're gonna be like, hmm, 
I don't know that that's the greatest idea. I don't know how that's going to turn out. I don't know what that's going to be. And even when you do it, you don't know, but you do it anyway. You know what that does? That grows your faith. Because that's what he's trying to do. What he's trying to get you to be is a, a, a disciple who will, whatever the Spirit compels you to do, you're going to do it, right? Like whatever that looks like, you're going to be able to do it and you're going to walk out and your faith's going to grow. Here's the next thing that we see, verse 23. And I know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. The other thing that every disciple is going to know is, is that when you're compelled by the Spirit, you're going to do something that you don't know how it's going to turn out, but you can be guaranteed this. This will encourage you to keep coming back to Life Church. You know, you can, you know, you can know for sure if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, it will be hard. And you will face hardships, and it'll be difficult. And the question, you see this throughout all of Scripture, is not whether or not you face hardships, it's how you come out on the other end. Because it, the hardship's coming, but every disciple, this is how we're seeing it play out in Paul's life. Then he says, but here's how I get through that. Here's how I move through that. Verse 24, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. The way, you know how we get through hardships? Is we get through it with this idea that it's not about me anyway. Now, that's easy to say, harder to do, right? Like, it's not about me, and it's not about my life. It's not about how everything turns out for me. The idea is I can get through the hardships of life because I know my life. Now, think about this. You know how you can do this? Your life was sacrificed a long time ago. Right? When you gave your life to Jesus Christ, when you chose to live over here, when you chose to give that up, you gave up this. And hardship is gonna be a part of that, and we see that in the life of Paul. And then he ends with this. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task to testify to the good news of God's grace. Every single person who is a disciple will live on purpose for the rest of their life. You know what your purpose on this earth is? You've heard me say it 5,000 times. You know why you're still alive today? You know why you're not in heaven, which is way better than this? Because you are here to testify to the good news of Jesus Christ, to bring more people to faith, period. That's why you're here. Are you living on purpose? You see, I've always said, you know what, the the hardest thing for me to grasp inside of the Christianity and the local church is this idea that somehow a church will grow comfortable with who they have and forget about the people that are lost. You see, that easily happens. You grow very comfortable with the people that are in the room once the seats are full. You see, I say this all the time. Every single seat that you see empty today represents a soul that doesn't know Jesus, that is going to hell, that needs the message of the gospel, and they're gonna get it through you. That's why you're still here. And that's why you still exist. So as the worship team comes back up, I want to finish with this. So as we process, as we evaluate, as we think through, this is what I'm asking you to do, right? Take an opportunity, okay? Take an opportunity this week to just get honest with yourself and allow the evaluation to happen. 
Some of you are gonna get in that and like you're gonna celebrate like God has been so good and I'm on fire and I'm living on purpose and I'm listening to the Holy Spirit and I can tell you story after story after story of where the Spirit compelled me and God intervened and incredible things happened. And then there's gonna be some of us that are gonna be, I haven't heard in a long time. I've been busy, I've been disconnected, I've been far away, I've been distracted by the things of the world. And that's okay, you know why it's okay? Because you're still living and you get another chance. Get back, right, get back on track. For some of you today, it might be I'm gonna do an evaluation, you know what, you might have realized that, that, that you could maybe call yourself by definition a Christian, but you know what, you're not a disciple and you need to change your life. But you need to put those two things together because that's what scripture does, and I hope that those things will, will change for you. So hopefully you'll do that evaluation this week. I wanna end with, on a happy note, on an exciting note, uh, here's our cue, uh, our giving slide that we wanna show you, so how, kinda how we ended the year. And so this is a celebration for us for many different reasons, so our budget, uh, for the quarter, what we were get, uh, giving to the general fund, over budget for the quarter, over budget for the year. And I, I want you to hear this. You see that over the budget for the year, 222,871. In 2016, that was pretty close to what our budget was. But 2016 ain't that far back, right? Like, that's not that far away. And 13 new people that have chosen to be a part of this. So I wanna share with you, first of all, I don't even know how to share enough gratitude to the people that generously have given to Life Church to give us opportunities that we would never have. Like that, the, the opportunity of just being over budget like that has given us the opportunity to, to get worship lighting in here, to be able to do some things that we weren't able to do before. We keep, because for a lot of years we had zero money, so there's a lot of stuff in the building that have been going bad and held together with duct tape for lots of lots of years, you know, and so we're finally able, because of your generosity, to replace some things. We replaced two more HVAC units. Uh, this year, we're able to pay cash for them. Like, the thought of that even two, three, four years ago was like, this is never gonna happen, right? But we were able to be able to do that. The expansion, you know, I don't know if you know this, but Life Kids wasn't made to hold as many people as they got today, right? And what do you do? Well, because of your generosity and because of the volunteers, and we were able to expand to the best of our ability to be able to accommodate and be able to pray for even maybe more of an expansion to see you know, God do some of those amazing things and we could celebrate that. The elevator, this might seem like a, a crazy thing, but the elevator is a big part of what we do here and when it doesn't work, it's bad, right? Because of what we do during the week and how we get people upstairs and the elevator was broke and it wasn't a little broke. It was a lot broke. And again, it would have been a decision a long time ago where we would just have to say there's nothing we can do about it. Like there's nothing we can do, that's way too, somebody's gonna have to use the stairs. And it would have kept people that we have here today that we minister to by just allowing them to be a part of the building wouldn't have been able to be here. Like they wouldn't have been able to participate. So it's such a blessing. So I didn't even know how to say this. I don't even know how to, from the elders, from the leadership, from the people of Life Church, thank you because that was something we never would have fathomed. 
and we don't take that lightly. We're so thankful for your generosity. We're praying, again, listening to God. What do you want us to do? How do you want us to be able to use your money? Because it's not even the church's money. What God, what do you want us to be able to, to do with that? So again, we're just super excited and want to celebrate with that. So will you stand so I can pray for you? Heavenly Father, as we are ending up today, we're starting this new chapter, moving into 2024, super excited about where we're going in the future. Lord, we just pray uh, for hearts that are open, for minds that are clear, so we can continue to listen to you, to process the things that you have for our lives. Lord, just to, to listen well, to be your disciples, to organize an army of people, Lord, that will be on fire for you. Lord, I, I believe this with all my heart. Like I believe that the people in this room, that it's divine appointments. I believe that the people that are online and watching, divine appointments. You see, think, I know that, that God sees the battle and he's super excited to see those who are enlisting and saying, you know what, I wanna be a part of the team. I wanna jump in, I wanna be yours, I wanna be used. So Lord, we're thankful for that because we know, we know at the end you win, Lord, and we wanna be a part of that journey. Lord, we love you. In your name we pray, amen.